Okay, everybody in Toronto, looking forward to the first weekend of Phase 2 and the reopening. However, there is growing concern in the medical community when it comes to both PPE levels and surgeries that have long been postponed because of COVID. Dr. Samantha Hill is the president of the Ontario Medical Association and joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Hill, welcome back to the show. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me online again, Jeff. Okay, let's start with the PPE, if we could. Uh, there's some renewed concerns regarding levels for frontline workers and for doctors. So I don't know that it's renewed concern. It's ongoing concerns, really. Um, we've been talking about the PPE challenges since the very beginning. In the context of a global pandemic, really, when the entire world wants PPE, it's just been very hard for supply chains to ramp up, and we don't generally make a lot of it ourselves here in Canada. Unlike physicians in institutions, though, um, so long-term care homes or hospitals, community physicians have had to source their own PPE, and they're having a really hard time doing that, partially because they don't have the bulk purchasing power that the organizations have, but also because they're simply just not being prioritized by the government or the suppliers. Okay, I want to ask you about that because the Prime Minister said earlier today that Canadian companies are now producing so much PPE in the fight against COVID that he thinks Canada is almost to the point of being self-sufficient. So is the problem that there just isn't the PPE or it's just not getting to doctors? Well, I can only speak from the physician lens. And what I can tell you is that I'm still hearing from members that they haven't been able to source a reliable supply. They're still looking from company to company to try and fill gaps. They're still taking donations from a variety of communities. Um, in March, we launched the inventory tool online at the OMA for community doctors to help respond to these anticipated shortages. And honestly, over at this point, we've had over 4,000 groups and individuals participate in trying to track these efforts. We've distributed 400,000 donated masks and 8,000 face shields, something like that. So uh, I think the, the community is still speaking out and saying that they're still having trouble and they're still struggling and they're still not certain. Just how important is it for us to be self-sufficient, though, when it comes to PPE, not only in light of what we've experienced the last few months, but also moving forward uh, into the fall and an expected or perhaps a second wave coming? So I think the important thing is that we need to make sure that every doctor and, frankly, every healthcare worker, um, regardless of where they work, has the tools that they need to be able to ensure patients and their own safety. The ongoing challenge with the PPE is that there's no predictable supply. If we had a homegrown solution, as they say, then perhaps the supply would be more predictable. But honestly, um, I don't care where it comes from so long as we have access to it, right? All right. I want to ask you as well about uh, delayed surgeries, because that is uh, back in the news. There's been a lot of families, a lot of patients that were scheduled for surgeries that were in some cases much needed that got put off because hospitals obviously were closed down due to the uh, pandemic. Just how big is the backlog and how tough is it going to be to play catch up? Yeah, uh, it's a major problem. Um, and it's not just surgeries, it's all of the deferred services. So what we did during the first wave of COVID is that we shut down everything that was non-emergent. And so all of those diagnostic tests and all of the preventative care that's usually done didn't happen. Um, so think things like pap tests, the mammograms, prostate screening, colonoscopies, all of these things that are, they're just non-emergent. But if you don't do them for long enough, they become emergencies. So the ramp-up has to be done gradually. Um, we know that doctors aren't going to be able to see the same volume of patients going forward, 
for a variety of reasons, but mostly it's about infection control and prevention of the spread of COVID. And even pre-COVID, we saw 340,000 patients a day in Ontario and couldn't keep up with the demand. There were wait lists. There were, physici- there were patients without physicians. So now we're coming at a place where we're behind the eight ball. We still probably don't have enough physicians to offer all of the services that need to be offered. You know, if you compare us to other places in the world, we have far fewer physicians than people. And we have this backlog of care that needs to be done in addition to our normal care. You do want to talk about numbers. Six weeks in, we were 72,000 surgeries behind where we had been the last year. You know, that was six weeks in. I hesitate to guess where we're at now. Do we need a bit of a rethink when it comes to this, particularly if a second wave is coming later this fall? Should all hospitals go under lockdown or should there be just perhaps COVID-dedicated hospitals and other hospitals that can can continue to do these surgeries? So it's a, it's a challenging question, and we really have to take our cues from the experts in public health and infection diseases on that one. And one of the things that we did really well was listening to the people who knew in the first wave. Yes, we're in a place right now where we are behind the eight ball, and we're going to have to figure out how to move forward, and we're going to have to do that as a community. But we were also really, really fortunate to not be another New York or another Milan. And the reason that we were so fortunate was in part because of our public health experts and in part because of people just doing what they needed to do and socially isolating. And I want to underscore that message, if I could, before I let you go, because it's Friday. And as I mentioned off the top, this is the first weekend here in Toronto of Phase 2 with the patios open and just how important it is. I know everybody's anxious to get out there again, but just how important distancing, wearing your face mask, uh, being vigilant is. Um, I don't think I'm overstating it. I say it's absolutely critical. COVID is not gone. We're just past our first wave. The experts tell us that there's likely to be a second wave. It's still circulating in the community. We certainly don't have counts of zero anywhere. And what that means is that it is our responsibility as citizens of Ontario to protect each other. And we do that by doing all of the things that we've been doing thus far. Keep six feet away from people who aren't part of your social circle or your social bubble. Mask if it's going to be a challenge to keep six feet away. Mask anytime you're out indoors in public. Wear um, a face covering if you don't have a mask. That's fine. It doesn't have to be a hospital-grade mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Protect the most vulnerable. You know, what happened in the long-term care sites was tragic, and I, it's, we have to make sure that never happens again. Yeah, listen, it's an important and a much-needed message, and you're absolutely right. The numbers are down. We're trending in the direction we want to be, but the fight is far from over. Dr. Hill, thank you so much for your time, and have a safe and enjoyable weekend. Thank you. Enjoy the weather. All right. Dr. Samantha Hill is president of the Ontario Medical Association.